This is episode number 101 of the Social Hub podcast, which means you can find all the relevant show notes and links to anything mentioned in this episode at all the W's, the socialhubau.com forward slash 101. Now, I also want to let you know this is going to be the last episode for 2021 of the pod. She's taking a little well-earned hiatus over the holidays and we'll be back bright and fresh in 2022. Never fear the pod will always be here though. I will be sharing some of my favorite episodes over the holidays. Um, So definitely stay tuned for that. And seriously, guys, there's 101 episodes of gold that you can go back and binge on. Um, In the meantime, I want to take this opportunity before I hand over to the full episode um, to just Thank you guys. For those of you, and I know there's so many of you that have listened to all 100 episodes so far, and some of you that have listened to most and always tune in regularly and choose my voice, my my little me, little Stacey over here, little me, my voice to tune into every week. I just want to let you know, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for being here. Um, I love podcasting. I love sharing my own strange views on things and I adore that you guys have come on this journey with me over the last couple of years and have chosen this podcast to be on your podcast app and in your ears so thank you so much and here's the app you're listening to the social hub podcast a place where we give small brands the skills and know-how to master all their social media, digital, and content marketing. I'm your host, Stacey Cranich, mum, champagne drinker, and self-confessed karaoke queen. Join me in a journey of real conversations and meaningful messages that will help you grow in your business and life so you can have the most epic version of both. If you have a big vision and are ready to shine, then grab a cuppa or a cocktail and listen in. Okay, well, friends, here we are at the end of what will go down in history of the world as one of the most fucked years ever. A worldwide pandemic, mutant strains of said virus of the pandemic, lockdowns, lockdowns, and shall I say more lockdowns, the vaccine debate and all that that entails, families separated from each other for what feels like a decade due to state and international border closures. Plus on the worldwide stage, we saw things like the Capitol being stormed by Trump supporters in January just prior to Biden winning the election. We saw Facebook shut out all news networks in Australia in what I believe was the most peaceful week online to date. We saw that interview with Meghan and Harry and Oprah, which kind of blew up the royal family. (laughs) And then sadly watched as the world mourned Prince Philip not long after that. Other notable famous people that we said goodbye to in 2021 were Willie Garson, who If you don't know who he is, he played Stanford in Sex and the City, one of my favourite all-time TV shows. Sean Connery, old 007 himself. George Siegel, Christopher Plummer, who was the, he was the Baron from The Sound of Music. Um, Siegfried from Siegfried and Roy, you know, those people with the lions or the tigers. So he passed away. 
And Olympia Dukakis, who is from one of my favourite movies ever still, Magnolias. So definitely quite a few people were lost in the year that was 2021. But, you know, aside from all that craziness, we did go on to see some really cool things happen that show us that society is moving forward in a good way and definitely gave me some hope. We saw a woman of colour become the Vice President of the United States, Kamala Harris, incredible, incredible example to young women all around the world. We saw Grace Tame become Australian of the Year um, and I actually saw her speak this year at a Business Chicks event and I would have to say she is hands down one of the most inspirational young people I have ever had the privilege of um, being in the same room of and definitely someone that I a voice that I want my girls to look up to um, and to listen to. For sure, she's, you know, definitely going places and, and having a big impact on people. We saw a woman take on Parliament House with a bold and brave stand on violence against women. Thank you, Brittany Higgins. We saw an Indigenous bisexual woman become the Bachelorette. So the representation on mainstream TV was just so good to see. And we saw Laurel Hubbard, the first trans woman ever approved by the IOC to compete in the Olympics. So she competed in weightlifting. She didn't get any medals or anything, but it was just so cool to see, to see again, representation on the main stage of something like the Olympics. So we definitely did see some cool things and some great movement forward in society. We're still not there yet, guys. We all know that. But it's good to note some, some positive movements forward, I think, over the year. On a personal level, I saw so much trauma in my community, people losing their children way before their time, people losing parents, family and friends. You know, the grief this year in my own backyard of, you know, the people that live in my local community was honestly palpable. It was it was really rough to watch. I saw a number of close close friends, like people from my close circle have marriages that ended this year, which was a really mixed bag of relief, happiness, and absolute devastation. I live on the border. So that comes with its own set of stress and issues, which I'll get to more in this episode, but it's been such a crazy ride up here since COVID hit almost two years ago. And the stress of navigating that this year has really gotten to a lot of people in this community. It's been, if you don't live in a border community, you don't really understand what it's like. And it's been, it's been hard. My oldest daughter started high school and became a teenager this year, which is a completely new ball game in the parenting stakes and requires a whole new level of skill that I am 100% capable of, but takes some mental, emotional and physical energy that some days I'm just not really sure I'm actually ready for. Um, those mums out there that have budding teens, you'll know exactly what I mean. But all in all, so many wonderful things also happened too. I wrote a chapter in a book, which was cool, and I started my own solo book, which is really cool. I expand a bit more on that in this episode as well. My youngest daughter, Marley, you know, I give her such a hard time sometimes. She's a firecracker, that kid, and I fucking love her to death. She's exhausting though. <laughs> She's got so much energy. Um, and I know she 110% gets it from me. She's an ambitious little thing. She is going to be school captain for 2022 for her um, school. So that was really cool to get the news about that. Um, a really nice way to end the year for her as well. Um, and my business stayed alive and profitable during year two of a pandemic. So how the fuck can you, Lulia? I'm going to pat myself on the back for that. And if you have managed to do the same, 
you should too. I personally, myself personally, went through a lot of growth this year. I really broke down so many barriers and beliefs that were ingrained in me and I faced my privilege head on and I didn't always like what I saw. Um, I'll be expanding on this a, a fair bit more in this episode, but I do know that if it hadn't been for the year we've had, I wouldn't have been forced to look at myself so critically. And now I have, I'm living from such a stronger place of integrity with my values, which I am really, really grateful for. Um, so all that being said, on this episode, when I knew I wanted to talk about what this year was, and I didn't want to talk about 2021 from a place of, um, oh, it was terrible, but I learned all these amazing things. Like I didn't want to come at it from this like uber self-help version of reality. Obviously, I learned things. Obviously, we've all learned things. Obviously, there's been some great things that have come from the year, but there's also been some really shit and fucked things that have happened this year as well. And I just really wanted to assess the year as a realist with someone that I knew would meet me with that. And so for that reason, I asked my mate, Nat Welfare from Collab and Social, to come on the pod with me and pick apart the shit fight that was this year. Um, now, you will know Nat from episodes such as number four of the podcast where we talked about creating a collaboration strategy for your business, so you can go back and listen to her there. You would have also seen her on my socials a lot as we do a bunch of collabs together. More, most recently, we did the Halloween hotline, which was super fun and super cool. Now, it's like the queen of videos. I, I just like to kind of really coast on her coattails there because some... Um, I don't have the energy for, for a lot of the time, but she loves it. Nat is also one of my best business buddies. We chat pretty much daily in the DMs and have everything from random chats about memes to in-depth combos that could really quite literally change the world. And I am truly grateful, Nat, to for your friendship. <clears throat> That's going to sound like I'm getting emotional, but I actually am. <laughs> truly grateful to Nat for her friendship over not just this last year, but the last few years. Um, having, having Nat in my world has just been, yeah, it's been just been really cool to make such a good friend. Um, and we've never actually met in real life, which is crazy. Um, oh, no, we have. We met once. We met once in real life at Nat's collab and social event that was in Brisbane. That was the only time we've met in real life. Um, but anyway. I digress. Nat has such a cool outlook on life. Um, but living in Melbourne, which is the most lockdown city, has not been easy um, and we have completely different situations. She lives with her dog in her own, on her own in a city. She has a boyfriend and I'm in a suburban mum of two who lives at the beach. So despite all of that, we just get on like a house on fire and I know she was the perfect person to pick apart this year with. So without further ado, I'm going to hand over to this. It is a long episode and it's very stripped back. It's very native. It's just Nat and I shooting the breeze. So tune in, grab a drink grab a bubbly, grab a cuppa, grab a packet of chips or some Christmas ham and just buckle on in um, for the last episode of 2021. All right, guys, enjoy. All right, thanks, Nat, for jumping on and having a chin wag with me today. This is my final episode for the year of the pod, so I'm going out with a bang, um, having one of my best business mates on to chew the fat on what was one of the most fucked up years in history. Um, 
yeah, it's been a ride. So I'm, I think we just need to get stuck straight into it because um, I've done Let's my do little it. intro. I, I kind of wanted to probably reflect first on, I've got like no notes for this episode, by the way, but <laughs> I was just thinking before, <laughs> it would be cool to reflect on how did you feel when the year started mm. and then yes. kind of go on to unpack what, yeah. what unfolded in this crazy year that we had? I think we all thought, hoped naively that COVID would end with 2020. Um, but also I was in the country, like living back in the country until the end of last year. So I was like moving back to Melbourne as Melbourne started opening up like at the very end of last year. So I was like really excited to just kind of get on with a new life sort of thing. Um, So I felt really positive and I had like the best summer ever and blah, blah, blah. Um, And then that sort of slowly started to fade away as the cold weather came in and COVID reared its little head again. Um, How did you feel? Like did you think it was going to be over? Like did I felt like I was 10 foot tall and bulletproof to be honest like after coming out of 2020 and it being such a strange year just because like none of us have ever lived through anything like that before yeah and just going yeah like my business was still profitable like there was so many good things that came out of 2020 and you know when I look back to last summer same thing like I think the Queensland border was still closed for a bit because there was a little breakout in like Sydney around Christmas last year, but we could still move freely. Like even as a border resident, I could still cross. So I could still go and see family. We weren't wearing masks. We weren't checking in everywhere. No one, like the vaccine hadn't come out yet. So it really was like the calm before the storm. And I was kind of like, yeah, COVID's over. Let's get back to business. Um, And I was ready to, you know, onwards and upwards, you know, like yeah. I felt like I was in a holding pattern almost a little bit in 2020 and then it just didn't end up that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, it seemed like New South Wales was going to escape a little bit too, I think. Like, um, let me just close this door behind me. It seemed like, oh. okay, sorry, there's that There's that natural podcast for you. Um, it seemed like New South Wales kind of got off a little bit scot-free um you know you had a few little scuffles with COVID but nothing serious and it was just going to be like yeah sweet Melbourne's going to sort it out and then (laughs) they're all going to be fine (laughs) Victoria was like the naughty little brother literally of the country and and scolded poor old Gladys had to eat her words really in the end because (laughs) what a demise for Gladys like honestly you couldn't write this like like the fact that it all happened in New South Wales and then she's like under investigation for whatever was going on there, corruption or whatnot, and now she's gone and what the hell is going on, guys? Like it was just a year. Like anything weird that could happen definitely happened. (laughs) Totally, totally, 100%. Um, So when did things start to kind of turn down there? Because for us here, it was Easter. I remember it was Easter weekend. I was down at our local club where I go like, you know, two to three times a week. I think the the kids were with their dad or something. I don't know. Anyway, but I was down there by myself just hanging out with some friends. And then my husband rang and he goes, have you got a mask? And I'm like, what would I need a mask for? Yeah. And he goes, well, from four o'clock this afternoon, we have to wear masks. And I was like, what? What do you oh. mean we have to wear a mask? I was I was 
like totally flabbergasted at the whole concept and it's been pretty much since then yeah on like that's when we started wearing masks and we haven't really stopped and it just kind of really all went downhill from there really so what they called it pretty much immediately while or was it you just missed the memo (laughs) no they called it in the middle of the day right yeah it was really weird or maybe it was after Easter maybe it was another long weekend but I I feel like it was around May-ish maybe April um yeah, it was really strange. Yeah. And I can't even remember why. There must have been must have been when Delta maybe first hit Sydney. Yeah. Um, and they just made a statewide. Well, you had a couple of call. little outbreaks and then it was like, yeah, no, we've got it under control. And then it just wasn't. <laughs> yeah. And because I live up in the northern end of the state and we had no COVID, like I think we had yeah. maybe a couple of cases last year and that was it. We were just like in this little part of the world where it just didn't exist. Like we yeah. were living completely normally and to be like, what do we have to do this for was just so foreign to me. Yeah, which was really interesting because last year I was living um, back home, so rural southern New South Wales, and that does not mean New Sydney. That means like right on the border. Um and there was nothing. I think they have, they've had one case this whole time. Yeah. So to go from that and, and also having friends here and speaking to them last year and, like, hearing about their experience and stuff like that, but then to move here and go through this year in Melbourne was just like something else. Like it was just not, I just couldn't have imagined how that would actually impact me um, and, like, what it was really like on the inside you know what I mean like yeah 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 because Melbourne is like hasn't it been claimed the most locked down city in the world yeah I think that's something like I can't remember the number like 200 and something days or you know and I missed five months of that I just I only got this year's version so like um you know my boyfriend was in Melbourne for all of it and thankfully like I my impression is that people who are able to work as normal not nearly as mentally impacted I think or people who weren't locked in their house all day definitely not nearly as mentally impacted as people who maybe already work from home or had to work from home and and deal with it seem to just oh like crumble (laughs) yeah so like what was it like because you know we we have such different lives, really. Like yeah. you live with your dogs, you yeah. have a boyfriend, but you guys don't live together, but yeah. you're on your own. I've yeah. got a family and live, you know, up in almost pretty much I'm right on the border of Queensland. Yeah. Um, what was it like yeah. down there? Because um, it seemed it was shit where I was, but it seemed even more shit where you were. So I went through that first February lockdown, which was only seven days when I was single and I did it all alone. And I honestly thought I was going to go insane. Obviously, I made videos every day. And that was literally just to keep my sanity. And I'm an introvert. Like I spend most of my time alone anyway, mm. but that sucked. Then I um, met my boyfriend now in between lockdowns. There's like a few months in there. And then it really started kicking off. And I think I just fully underestimated how much it was going to impact me and and what it would do to me. And I was thinking about it in the shower before and I was like, I actually did go into a depression and I probably didn't realise how straight up cooked I was until after the fact. (laughs) There were literal moments where I was just laying on the floor staring at the ceiling because I was like, you don't know when it's going to end. They're not telling you anything. It just gets like the goal 
post just kept moving and moving and moving and like you know you'd have trips cancelled and then you'd book another one for when you think it's going to open and that would get cancelled and it was just days on days on days of exact and I, you know I work from home um you were stuck in your 5k radius which not not a lot going on in my 5k radius <laughs> um and even having a partner so I can't imagine how people who were single single went through it like thank god we had each other's houses to go to but like it just put me on my ass to be honest like I just did not have any ability to create or think like your brain just goes boop I'm going into like like um I don't know what the word is like hibernation mode yeah until this is over because I can't deal with what's happening how many months was it with the hard yeah hard lockdown in total like between when you kind of it started you know because I've seen a few people say oh you know good thing that we went hard and went fast and Mm. then it ended up being months and months yeah so there was I think about a two-week lockdown and then we came out for literally five days and then we were back in by the weekend. Yeah. So I personally combined those together because, like, totally. everyone's working <laughs> anyway in the yeah. middle of the week. So I think it was about three months this yeah. year, like 12 weeks. And it's winter too. So it's, and it's like, winter. like it's cold there. And I had no heating in my house. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was a time. Um, yeah. Thankfully, I was like, so I played footy this year, but like obviously that kept getting canned and stuff. But like, thankfully I had that in between because I think it just gave me enough social fuel to like keep me going. Yeah. Um, but and it's, yeah. it's that mental drain. It's the how mentally draining it is to have to keep up to date with yeah. stuff all the time and yeah. goalposts to constantly change and to yeah. be like, can I do this or can't I do that yeah. or am I allowed to do this? Am I allowed to do that? And yeah, you know, just that constant. And there's it, a lot it, of adrenaline exhaust, too. Yeah, it's exhausting. Like when, but you're you in fight or flight like, constantly. Yeah, because you do feel like, you know, we are in crisis mode and that's everything that's happening is like, you know, the, the weekend that we came out, like that week that we came out and we're going back in, we were actually already on our way to um, my boyfriend's dad's place in regional Victoria and we were like, felt like fugitives on the road. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's too late. Like we're already on our way. We've already left our 5K radius where there's no point like, you know, we're already here. So we may as well just deal with it and then come back as quickly as we can because um, that was, you know, it's a few hours away. We're already gone. And we just felt like fugitives on the road. And you're like, you don't actually, in the moment, you don't realise how much stress and like, what that, you know, flooding your brain with those chemicals day in and day out yeah. does to you. And I think that's when, you know, a few weeks down the line I just crashed and I noticed everyone around me was doing the same thing. Like, yeah. you know, even though my boyfriend was working, like we were both just seesawing in and out of like these states of just, oh, I don't even know. And then like I had, you know, some of my friends were fine. They were just like kind of working normally and they weren't too bothered about it. But like people who were living alone that I knew were just like, not coping and then you're dealing with them not coping and trying to support them so you're just like empty and trying to yeah (laughs) give give more energy out um so it's just a bizarre 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 time like um and I and now I fully understand how people felt last year and then to go through it again but the one thing I would say is like as soon as you knew the end goal like we're like yep 70% we will come out 
Um, you might not know when that is, but you know that we are working towards yeah. it and that goalpost was there and it felt solid. Like I I came back alive. Yeah. It was so weird. I was like, I can't believe how specific this, my reaction and mental state is to knowing where the end is, like that light at the end of the tunnel. It was just yeah. without that you were like, oh, yeah. this could be forever. Yeah, for sure. So <clears throat> I I'd like us to kind of both to talk about um, how we like managed our business during yeah. that time. Yeah, but, like definitely. I'll I'll, I'll, um, I'll kind of share what it was like for us up here. Yeah, during all of that, and then we'll talk about especially with the kids and things because that's that other side that yeah. you know, I didn't have. So, like, well, like I said, I was literally. Um, down at the local club living my normal life and then just went what the fuck do I have to wear a mask for and I was like oh what there's like 15 cases of COVID in Sydney I was like whoopee doo who cares like literally it's just next like minute, this is 1,000 <laughs> next minute 5,000 <laughs> cases yeah. um and then it kind of just bubbled along for a little bit and then um yeah and then it was like it kind of bubbled along kind of like through June and stuff. Mm. And then July, it really heated up. And I remember the kids were in school holidays and the Gold Coast had a, like a seven-day lockdown or something for this week. They had a couple of cases up there. And um, we still weren't locked down. Like, yeah. you know, I think there was a couple of suburbs in Sydney that might have been and I had yeah. friends going, oh, you guys are free down there. And I was like, hey, yeah, sucks to be you. Like fully <laughs> just taking the piss. Yeah. And then a couple of weeks later, it was like, full-on restrictions we didn't have we weren't locked down yet we didn't get locked down till August up here yeah lots of other restrictions came in and I think once the border closed again was when it just got a lot worse particularly for me because honestly like I live five minutes from the Queensland border and that border has had checkpoints up for pretty much most of the last two years um so we live in a town that's quiet and slow for a reason because we like that lifestyle and when you have to all of a sudden be faced with Mm. like gridlock traffic and having to like explain why you're crossing a state border like that that, fugitive feeling again oh it's horrible and yeah um so last year we had a border bubble and it was it was frustrating but it was okay but it was still really, it was still annoying to navigate. But this year when they closed it, it was a hard closure. Like mm. you could only cross for essential reasons. And those reasons were very few and far between. So teachers weren't able to go to work. Nurses weren't able to go to work. My kids yeah. couldn't go and see their dad who lives on the Gold Coast. Like there was, the essential reasons to travel were so minimal. Yeah. And you just saw your the entire community just go crumble yeah basically because at a standstill really isn't it yeah because their livelihoods had been cut off yeah go to work and kids couldn't go to school and it was just like oh my god so how did the whole homeschooling thing work like how did they roll that out yeah so we I didn't have to homeschool till we went into lockdown so regional didn't come into lockdown until they did the statewide one which was like August yeah um and then it was for four weeks which felt like eight 
So, I mean, I always say, like, I've really not had to experience lockdown as much as anyone else. Yeah. But um, I think because of the border situation and living through that for so long, it's felt like a longer process because we've yeah. been locked out yeah. of another state. Right, no, yeah. we're not locked in our houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's Equally still, irritating. <laughs> yeah, and we can't see family or friends. Like we've had babies be born in our family you haven't seen yet, but we'll see for Christmas. But, mm. um, yeah, so the remote learning is just honestly is, is fucked. Like I hated it. I hated every single minute of it. Um, it was just, it, I mean, Ella's in high school, so I think the high schools were a little bit better in the sense they yeah. had Zoom classes and stuff, but my kids really thrive in an actual classroom um, and they need they need the support of a teacher. They're not, mm. they're like middle of their class kids. They're not bottom yeah. of the class, they're not top of the class, but they need the support. Yeah. So I really struggled to keep up with that what need. they needed mm. to be able to get the work done. And I really don't feel that the teachers fully understood what it was like at home. Yeah. And I didn't feel like they communicated very well with each other because Ella seemed to have a freaking assignment for every subject all the time. Mm. And it was like, do they really have to do this right now? Like it's, yeah. you know, it might only be a few weeks that <laughs> we're having to navigate this. So oh God, I just kind of didn't really, luckily I, I, I don't kind of see year seven and year five as the end of the world for yeah. them. So I just kind of was like, right, a couple of hours every morning, yeah. as much as you can, and then they had free time. So Ella yeah. would go bike riding with her friends and I'd take Marley down to the beach and stuff. So we found a good routine, mm. um, but it wasn't without a shitload of anxiety before yeah. kind of just letting it go. And I, I think that's such a, um, a common theme throughout the year was like, getting to the end of your tether and then realising that you're going to have to make some sacrifices. You're just not going to get everything done. You're not going to meet every demand or whatever it is in whatever realm of your life. Something's got to give, make a choice (laughs) and then be okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, it was interesting. But, look, we were only in for a week, uh, a month, and then we came out, but then we went back in again for a week. Mm. But, again. I was the same. It was like, okay, we know this is the benchmark. This is when things are going to start to get a bit easier and we just kind of look forward to that. However, because we were living in regional and we weren't in lockdown, when all those rules came in at 80% mm. and all the unvaccinated couldn't go anywhere, it was like hard, like I think I think Tweed was like 65% oh, right. yeah, at okay, the time. Yeah. So it was like 40% of our population here all of a sudden could yeah. not go anywhere. They actually were free and then they were not free. So that was a really, that's been a very interesting time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously the 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 fighting <laughs> that goes on in society because of that. So yeah. my husband works in retail, so him having to be abused by people every day because they can't enter the store but it's not his fault that they can't enter the store but they're just stressed as well and it's yeah it's like, everyone's you know dealing with everyone else's emotions at the moment yeah. everyone's emotions are heightened yeah very trigger happy I think at the moment and I guess that's that that ongoing anxiety and you know it is true like if um 
you know, while I don't agree with everything that's happened, you can understand how as humans we don't like, you know, we're not built to be closed in all the time or fully locked down or whatever it is and that does essentially cause a pressure cooker situation. So none of this is very surprising. <laughs> no, no. And the thing is as humans, like one of our core human needs is certainty. Yeah. And we didn't have certainty this yeah. year. And, and we didn't have certainty in like core facets of 100%. our basic life, like yeah. education and um, job. the job yeah. and um, health and things like that. Yeah. And so when in, you know, in an absence of certainty, people try to find certainty through other means. So people were like just clinging on to whatever yeah. they could to fight for yeah. to try and get some certainty in their life. Absolutely. Or, you know, yeah, like bring back that control within yeah. oneself. Like absolutely. And I think that was definitely the biggest eye-opener for me is, yeah, like how that uncertainty alone, despite anything else that's happening to you, it's the uncertainty that messes you up the most yeah. on all those fronts where you're like, I don't know if I'm going to have the work next week. I don't know if I'm going to be allowed to leave my house next week. Like I don't know what's going on and there's no way for me to take back control of that situation. It's just out of my control. Yeah. That's definitely like the thing that I realised the most. That you can, I think you can go through anything if you know when it's going to end. Oh, totally. Yeah. So how did, what did you do like with your business? Because obviously yeah. being a business person, you know, our, our businesses and lives ebb and flow already as it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, how did you go? Like what was the impact of all, what did, was yeah. the impact of all of this and what did you do? Yeah. So I, by the time um, we were into that sort of lockdown period, I sort of had one main big client. So, which was so lucky um, and I like a really good working relationship with them. Um, and just before that, I'd done like the social video superstar course and I'd be doing a lot of filming and stuff like that. So once I got into that lockdown um, melancholy phase where I just didn't have any energy, I just said, I'm just going to focus on this one client. Uh, I was lucky enough to be able to get financial support through the whole COVID situation. So I was like, I'm covered financially. Hmm. I'm just going to focus on these guys. I'm going to shut everything else off. So, you know, we, we had the app Wibble. Um, I spoke to my business partner. I said, look, I just do not have the bandwidth to be doing multiple things right now. I'm really struggling to even do one. So I'm yeah. going to not, I'm not working on Wibble right now. Um, we'll, we'll come back to that in a few weeks. It kind of runs itself. It doesn't need constant, you know, it's a growth thing, not a maintenance thing that it needs. So I'm going to stop doing that um, and I'm just going to do this client. And that was really nice. That meant that I knew what I was getting up to do every day. Um, it's a retainer situation so you know what it looks like. There's no uncertainty around like how much money was coming in and and I just did that for about, uh, I don't know, like probably six weeks and then I started to, um, and then I did the other masterclass, I think, for you guys started working on that around then and that to be honest, was a real struggle. It took me a long time to get the mental energy to even film yeah. the Now You're Talking Videos Masterclass because it just needs so much energy. And even though I love doing them, I just really was struggling to get that energy. It was just energy, you know what I mean, like um, to do it and to edit it and like anything that took more than just basic amount of thinking was just beyond me at that point. And that's pretty much what I did until until we knew about the 
um, vaccination rates and that was sort of when we're going to open up. And then I pretty much went back to normal and started doing like growth activities and being more present online and stuff like that. And that's, yeah. yeah. What about you? Yeah, well, look, most of my business is um, is group mentoring yeah, and, um, and stuff. So fortunately I was able to just kind of, you know, like I had a few podcasts booked in. I just was, when we were in lockdown, I just said, I can't record a podcast while I've got my kids at home. It's just not going <laughs> to happen. Um, and so I just, you know, rescheduled those. I rescheduled a few, like all the one-on-one clients I had booked because yeah. they pay top dollar. Yeah. And they were not going to get the best of me. That's right. At that time, I just was like, I can't push Give through that this. To you. Yeah. So yeah. I just, because particularly for me, I knew it was, probably not going to be like three months that we were going to be in because I was in regional. So I was just yep. like, okay, let's see. And I just pushed it out. So we'd push it out and then they, I think they'd push it out for another two weeks and then I pushed those out at one more time and then it was the kids' yeah. holidays. So, um, yeah, I just really, really just doubled down on my group stuff and I'd luckily started my shop, my online shop. So mm-hmm. I still had stuff to sell without necessarily yep. being client-facing, which was really good. And was um, your group affected? Like did any of them? Yeah. Like were they heavily affected? Did people yeah. drop off? Like how did like all of that sort of thing go? Because, I mean, you're relying on them to be able and capable as well, I guess, to be present. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, I changed the structure from a membership payment model to a course payment model. Yep. So everyone would kind of like they had all entered, they were still on their payment plans or just about to finish or whatever. So they had certainty too of when their payments were ending. Um, so I didn't have anyone cancel, which was good. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, but they were, quite a few of them were in long-term lockdown mm. um, from a couple of few of them were in Sydney yeah. and just the mental strain on them. But we, mm. in my groups, we have like three sessions a month like we do a co-working session a content planning session a zoom coaching call um and it it was actually like even though sometimes I'd be like oh do I have to get on this zoom and facilitate this day like the thought of sometimes facilitating things was just a bit much um we all really enjoyed it and they it was just they loved it because they didn't get to see many people (laughs) yeah they were stuck at home yeah people in Sydney for so long um and that's so not actually, such a big commitment that like three sessions a month is, yeah. you know, it's not a huge, you can do that. You can bring yourself to do that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think interestingly for me, I've found that my energy has waned more now than during that time because I was probably just running on vapors. Yeah. Just trying to keep the kids, like I was trying to make sure that they weren't heavily impacted, that their life was as normal as it could possibly be. Um, then they had school holidays, like my husband worked through the whole thing. So I was trying to make sure that he was, you know, not getting too stressed. Yeah. Um, you know, and I had quite a few friends going through a lot of personal crises oh. as well at the time. It brought out the best in all of us. Oh, it was full on. Yeah. So I just really did feel like I was treading water and didn't yeah. really think about myself for a number of months. And it's really been like term four when, since the kids have gone back to school I've been like, a bit okay, burnt out. now I'm burnt out from yeah. worrying about everyone else. So yeah. I decided to kick off my holidays early this year and just like wind things down. And when I say wind things down, it's just not doing one-to-one stuff. Like Yeah, I'm the personal gonna, presence. Yeah. 
the podcast will have a hiatus until next year. Um, I'm not doing any more one-on-ones until next year. Um, And really I'm like, well, that's what I created online courses for. Yeah. Was to have that ability to sell something without necessarily facilitating it. And I've spent so many hours and I know people go, oh, well, you're so lucky to have that. Well, no, I spent a shitload no, of hours yeah. in the last three years creating all this stuff. Yeah. Countless hours. Yeah. So much time going into creating it and having it set up. Um, and I'm like, that's the whole point. Yeah. So, And that's like when you put the post out about it and I was like, if you can do it, you definitely should. Like that is the goal. Like that's what you want to do is get yourself there so that you're like, I can make a decision to be like, you know what, I need the full holiday and I'm going to take it and it's not going to destroy my business to do it. Like, yeah. If you do have to be personally present all the time, that that's an issue ultimately. Like, yeah. Christmas has got to be like, especially after this year, I feel like everyone, I think everyone's going to pretty much go offline anyway. Yeah. So I think in our industry, it's like kind of works out well for us where you're like, it's not going to make that big of an impact anyway because most of my audience will be offline because they yeah. are me. You know, they're a version of us doing the same sort of thing yeah. or small businesses who've had enough of a year. They're like, I'm out. Oh, and I think that and I know this is the same for a lot of other people, but it's like what's really important? Mm. What's the most important thing? Yeah. You know, because you know, sometimes in the business community, particularly the online business community, there's a lot of, you know, this, you know, abundance and all this sort of chatter and self-help stuff about, Mm. you know, that, you know, it's all, you know what I mean? Like just all that positive self-help stuff and you always showing up and don't treat your business like a hobby and, you know, all this sort of stuff like that, that makes you feel sometimes like you have to be hustling all the time. And Especially like, that social media wheel. Like it, you, oh. it does feel like because you can see, you see 17 other people present but you don't like your brain doesn't realise that they're 17 different people only doing three days a week. Your brain's like yeah. everyone's always on t- online all the time. I'm going to be online all the time to be successful. I'm going to really gonna forget about me. Like it's yeah. not true. <laughs> yeah. And even like, like a lot of the whole rhetoric around, you know, that, having a six-figure launch and a mm, six-figure yeah. month and a 10K month and all this sort of stuff. And it's like this year's really helped me reevaluate what's really a necessary and needed yeah. in my yeah. life to be successful and live yeah. a good life. Yeah. And what's a stretch goal? Yeah. Like, you know, if I ultimately I work three days a week in school hours, I might do yeah. a bit of admin extra times if I feel like it and stuff like yeah. that. But you know, and I can take school holidays off mm-hmm. and all that. And it's like, that's a pretty good life. Like yeah. I can make enough money to afford to do that. Yeah. Do I need to be working, yeah, like, <laughs> you know, 60 hours a week or spending money I don't have to outsource to try yeah. and scale more yeah. when I could just just be happy with this life? Yeah. And when things aren't so stressful, <laughs> When a lot of this kind of, you know, when we start to come out of this, you know, who knows, we we might be going in and out of this stuff for a couple of years. But, yeah. you know, when when maybe when I've got more bandwidth, that's when I can do that. Like it's not essential I do it right now. It's really yeah. helped me take stock of what's really important. Um, 
and pay more attention to that because, you know, the grass is green where you water it. And if I'm not paying attention to my family or to my health or myself, then no one's really happy. Like, you know, I've got, I like to be available for my kids and I've got a teenager now and like all these other things that I feel that I'm very responsible for. And I can't be that version of myself for those people if I'm just busting my gut, chasing something that maybe ultimately, yeah, I'll get there eventually, but do I really need to chase it right now and I just don't have the space for it? Yeah, and that was the thing I was thinking as you were saying that was like we see all of that rhetoric, as you say, about, you know, five, ten, five, ten, ten-figure months. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? But yeah, you know, six figure years onto seven figure yeah. years. And you're and like six that's, figure launches and multiple big six figure this. That's and it's right. Just like, oh my the God. reality is that's many years in the making on a on a balanced, sustainable life. Or you've got money to pump into it in the beginning. It's not a year one. Or you can spend 24 hours a day working on your business. Some people can do that for a little while. You know what I mean? Like they don't, maybe they don't have kids. Maybe they've just naturally don't need sleep. I don't know, but some people can do that and get there quicker, but it's like, there's no point doing anything that isn't ultimately feeding the lifestyle that you wanted in the first place. Like there's no point getting a six figure year. If you didn't even see your family or you didn't go on any of the holidays you were doing it for, or, you know, you sat at your desk for 12 hours a day every single day to make it happen you're like well what was the point in the first place yeah what am I even doing yeah and I think this year definitely helped me reevaluate a lot of those kind of goals that I feel that I had placed on myself because yeah it's almost like what the business or the self-help community kind of (laughs) made you think you had to have as a goal yeah exactly. it made me kind of sit back and go no well what is what what is the life I want to have and it's like well I kind of have it now why can't I just be happy with this yeah exactly for now yeah you know but that's it <laughs> like it's like yes this you've you're already on the path there's no need to like try and take the fast you know super fast track that's gonna cost you a lot in some realm like and and I think like I've had the same realization where you get caught up in so many different things, but at the end of the day, and this probably happened, this sort of realisation hit me as we were coming out of lockdown or as the horizon um, sort of came up where I was like, oh, it's coming. I was like, all I want is a business where I know that I'm going to, for now, as you said, yeah. where I can make enough money every month that I can just do what I want to do when I want to do it. I don't want to do anything crazy. You know, I'm not going overseas. Like none of that's happening. I don't. And you know what? Normal things. And I don't want to have to worry about it. That's all I want right now. Yeah, I agree. Worry about the rest later. Like it's, yeah, it's the same thing. And I think it's again, like when you reach a threshold of anxiety about things, your mind eventually goes, right, we're going to have to scale this back. Yeah. (laughs) That, that, that six figure year is going to be a, you know, like a four or a five. (laughs) That's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also see, cause I, you know, I work with like all my clients are women and a lot of them are mums mm. and mm. I see the pressure that they yeah. have as well to try and reach these lofty goals that mm. someone who's five to 10 years in yeah. is able to sprout that you should have these goals, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, um, 
and I kind of thought, well, if I'm saying that I'm here to support these people, I kind of need to be a role model for mm. how to navigate how to navigate this world without burning yourself out. Yeah, because we're time. in it. Like there's yes. no point talking about your the end goal. There's no end goal. Like you're just a little further ahead than they are in the same thing, all yes. the same challenges. And I think this is like where that messaging goes wrong or where it lets people down because it says, yes, you can have this, and that is true. You can have all of those things, but it fails to recognise that everyone must go through the same learning journey. Everyone, you can't just suddenly download all of these years of experience in a business, all of these years of experience like testing, marketing and figuring out who your audience is, and those are things that just cannot be fast-tracked. Like. No. You either have that experience or you can afford to hire that experience, which almost no small new business owner can, um, or you just the time has to happen. And that's yes. just the end of like enjoy the journey, learn yeah. each day. And like it's taken me time to realise that that's the case. You're like, oh, I'd love to get to, you know, this income by this time. You're like, I'm just not there yet because I haven't figured this part out yet and or I, you know, you're, you you need four more epiphanies on the way there that just cannot be read. They have to be learned. Like, yeah. And I think when you look back, you go, oh, like I really have learned so much or figured out how to do this more efficiently or um, what works and what doesn't. So you don't waste time doing the thing that doesn't work or, you know, um, and that's that's everything. That's That's marketing. That's like all elements of the business. It's the balance of the lifestyle where you're yeah. like, You've tried to work 24 hours a day, you burnt yourself out, you learnt that lesson. You probably yeah, yeah. try it again. Do that again, yeah. And you probably learn it again. But eventually yeah. you'll figure it out and that's, you know, level one done. And, um, you know, and that's another good point and I've been talking to a lot of my clients about that lately is, you know, you sit back and go, oh, well, you know, I'd like to be here but and it's like, hang on a minute, what have you achieved? Mm. Like sit back and actually have a look at the things that you yeah. have achieved over the year and like, which you really don't do. Like none of us no. do it until someone's like, okay, let's just have a little look <laughs> and see how far we've come. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I guess we have. Like, Yeah, and look at what you have achieved in the year and how what that's done for you mm. rather than const- it's like we're always trying to be five steps ahead of where we yeah. are and we yeah. benchmark ourselves today on that person. Yeah. Not, we don't benchmark who we are today on the person we were 12 months ago. That's so true. We're always yeah. benchmarking ourselves on a future version of ourselves, and then yep. we, that's when we start to, you know, and it's kind of like it's it's like we self perpetuate our limiting beliefs because mm. it's like, well, are we really that limited when we're still moving forward? Yeah, like, you know, you're a better version of yourself than you were twelve months ago. You've moved forward from that person you were twelve months ago. You're just benchmarking yourself on a totally different version of you. Yes, that's so true. I've never really thought about that. <laughs> That's and like you're always going to fail then. <laughs> oh, you're that's set, that's you essentially that. setting yourself up to fail. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And like, and when you were saying before, like thinking about more your lifestyle goals and reassessing what your goals are and how, like, what you're actually aiming for, that's sort of a thing that I've cu- had to come back to as well. Where you know, five years ago, what, what are we in? Yeah, five years ago, I got back from overseas and I was like super depressed. I was like, I do not want to work for other people. I don't want to do any of this stuff. I've hated every one of the 21 jobs that I've had. 
doesn't matter how good the team is. I just don't like doing it. I need to figure out, like my only goal is, and I don't care how I get there, is I need to figure out how to work for myself from home in a way that's flexible and just like in my control. And then everything I did from there wasn't a measure of itself. It was like I might have taken a job that was like totally not relevant or whatever, but I was like there's a skill in here that I'm going to get that's yeah. going to get me to the next stepping stone. Yeah. It's got uh, We're not assessing what happens there. We're just trying to get that thing that will get us to the next one. Like, And I think once I got that mindset going, things really started moving a lot more um, swiftly or smoothly because I wasn't worrying about where I was right now I was just like, all I'm trying to do is get one more skill or one more piece of experience that allows me to then get to the next stage, which will then allow yeah. me to do this. And then, you know, I'll, I'll go to part-time here and then I'll yeah. quit here. You know, of course it doesn't work out that perfectly, but like that's essentially you have a few setbacks, but you know where you're going. So you just reroute and, and try another way of getting there. And that's yeah. definitely worked for me anyway well I think that comes down to like realistic goal setting and realistic action taking to get to said goal because we're constantly fed with these like fast track stories Mm. of how someone went from a to b and how someone had almost like overnight success and all this stuff and yeah that does happen but it's the exception it's definitely not the rule most Mm. people have to just incrementally chip away at getting to the end goal and then yeah. that end goal changes and it's it's not it's not a very sexy way of doing things like <laughs> because it sounds so much better really to just sell. go from yeah. a to b in a month like yeah, exactly and look i don't think it's like you know um i still want to tap into those people who have done it because you're oh, like 100% all you're doing is fast tracking some of your learning some yeah. of it just can't be fast tracked but like for example, I, you know, like paid a fair bit of money to do um, a Facebook ads course, but it's not a beginner's Facebook ads course. It's like these are people that I've followed for a long time. Um, I already know that they they do things in the way that are um, data-driven and trend-driven and they're not just like basic ads. This, by tapping into their like um, formulas and, and their things, I'm just going to, I'm just going to get rid of six months of me having to try and figure that out for myself. And that is worth it. Going back to what you said before, you were in a position to invest in doing that. And that even getting to that point was a goal. Like, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I want to be able to invest in doing that. So I've got to get to that point so I can invest in that thing. And that took a year, you know, like it took a year of building up the business as it is now. And the business has gone through so many different iterations to even get there to be able to even put any money that size into learning like that in itself was a goal reached which was a moment that I was like I'm gonna take a moment to remember this yeah there was a time where I definitely couldn't have done this and it feels really nice (laughs) yeah and I think for all those people out there listening like if you can save up the five thousand dollars or whatever to get your website done professionally yeah freaking seriously pop a shampers and congratulate yourself because that is no mean feat for someone who's building their business from ground zero usually bootstrapping everything watching youtube tutorials at 1am in the morning (laughs) trying to 
put things together and make things work. If you get to the point that you can put down money on the table and outsource something big so that you can take your business to that next step, Mm. that's huge. Like you've created something incredible from nothing. Yeah, and I think that's so like that's a really good thing to highlight is the ability for one person to build a business well enough from scratch, learn everything in order to even just get there, yeah. just get to that point that you have any money yeah. <laughs> is a really massive achievement that we probably don't congratulate ourselves on enough because there is so much learning. Like the people who stick that journey out, yeah, that's it takes a lot. Like yeah. most people fall off the bandwagon early. So the fact that you even got there is pretty bloody good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what what was like what was like a couple of the best things that happened to you this year or the best things you did? Yeah. Could be maybe something you learnt from something or something you chose to do or I don't know. Um, I mean, business-wise, I think the best thing that's happened is I've, I've really gained really clarity on where I want it to go. And that's probably been the hardest thing for me is being like, what the hell do I even want this to be? Because I'm interested in so many elements around marketing and social media and stuff like that but I was like I just don't really understand how the business what the business should be and I finally kind of feel really solid on where I want it to go um so that's probably and it and it's starting to get there like yeah once I decided it started to you know once you like focus and channel your energy it does annoyingly work that things start falling into place and like turning up and um, you know, so I think that's been really good. Um, what else? Like <laughs> not a lot else has happened this year. <laughs> no. Um, but I mean, you know, I moved could back even to- be something personal. Doesn't yes. have to be business. Well, moving back to Melbourne was a big thing because I actually said I would never ever move back here. I was so over it when I left last time because I was commuting and I was working full time and just had like a really crappy lifestyle. So I think actually coming back after spending two solid years working on building the lifestyle that I want and coming back and actually living it out in the place where I was living my old lifestyle and hating it and being like, wow, I'm actually not hating this. This is like what a um, a full circle moment was pretty cool. Um, you know, and I put that in um, my little video that I did the other day where I'm like, you know, I moved back to Melbourne and in the end I loved it because I don't have the shit lifestyle that I had before. That was the problem. Um, uh, Obviously, like, met my boyfriend and we suffered through lockdown together. (laughs) So that's been really, that was really nice. Um, I got a dog. That was another big goal. So that's one more big goal ticked off the list. Oh, Tigger. Your, yeah. little, your little midnight friend waking oh you up in the middle of cold <laughs> Melbourne A true nightmare. But <laughs> the thing is I give him so much shit online and then like someone will, like I've had so many people look after him for me and they're like, he's actually really good. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, he is actually an amazing dog. But I just like teasing him and telling everyone about the annoying things that he does. Yeah, but like I do with my children. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I was not hear about how good they are. <laughs> Boring. No, he's been good. So that's, yeah, like lots of things have definitely changed or lots of things that were on my to-do list have come full circle in this year in a weird way. Yeah, yeah. What's your 
maybe like even unexpected big things that have happened or yeah um well two things I did this year I wrote a chapter in a book Mm -hmm. which was cool um what was the book again I remember seeing it it was a co-authored book with all women in business and we all just wrote um you know like our story basically so I basically wrote my life story in three and a half thousand words which was obviously wasn't my entire story because I couldn't go into depth into anything but it um helped me realize that I do want to write my own book yeah um so that which I've started on which is cool but it's but the book's got nothing to do with business it's totally not got anything to do with my niche it's about the journey of motherhood not it's not a parenting book it's more um like the growth that you have to go through Mm. as a person to level up at each next stage of parenting like after having you know Ella's just become a teenager and realizing in the last few years that oh my god they are like way more self-sufficient than they used to be but I am going to be required to reach a whole new skill set yeah of parenting that I what wasn't you, really prepared for yet like what what what's the new skill set for a team what's required just you've got to communicate with them differently like if you want to have a if you want to have a relationship with them and have them talk to you you've got to be very creative about how you communicate with them you've got to um you've got to really think about where you stand on big issues mm. and how you're going to navigate them through it because once they go to high school, they see things they've never seen before, like, and are ex- exposed to things, not that they've never seen before, but probably just not up close. Like, not confronted with. No, like kids vaping in the toilet and people yeah. openly being, you know, gay or transgender or mm-hmm. whatever. And there's nothing wrong with those things, but just that they go from this like little world yeah. in primary school to a much bigger world. And then they're trying to figure out who they are. So you have to know how you're going to navigate them through that. Plus having girls, there's the whole period thing and, you know, all that stuff and all those hormones. So it's, um, you know, you kind of, when you have kids, end game is really just getting them to school. Like you wanted them to walk, talk, go to the toilet on their own, be able to brush their teeth, like such basic things. Yeah that when they get to being able to do that, you kind of sit pretty in primary school for a bit going, well, this is heaps easier, I can do stuff. And then you kind of think that teenagers are going to be this little nirvana where they're independent and don't really need you as much. And then you kind of realise that they actually fucking need you more. (laughs) Yeah. I still remember how scary it was going, as you said, from the primary school to the high school realm. And you're so right, like, it's it, you're exposed to things and I think as a kid because you don't know what they are you don't know if they're good or bad and you really need someone to be like here's how here's how this fits in the context of you know the world like here's yeah. a way of seeing it and you get to and for better or worse like shape their perspective in some ways yeah like, and I responsibility I, I I take it as a big responsibility. So like when your kid sits down and tells you that someone in their class has said that they're transgender, you need yeah. to know how you're going to handle that. Yeah. You know, and obviously I don't care. Like, yeah. Yeah. Not that I don't care, but just, yeah. it doesn't bother me. I think it's great that they are exposed to people like that and that they can learn about different people's ways of life and have a much better scope on inclusivity and diversity than what I was ever exposed to as a yeah. teen. Yeah. Um, but 
your reaction to that is the your initial reaction is the thing that they will remember and if you're not prepared yeah especially if it is something as you said that you weren't exposed like wasn't a thing when you were a kid like like I don't even know what my impression is or yeah like it wasn't a thing when you were a kid so you've got no like reference point of how you dealt with that at school bit different to like bullying or you know um you know, the mean girl or whatever it is. Like those yeah. are universal scenarios that have been happening since the beginning of time. Like adults have seen it and know how to deal with it. But there are new things like, you know, the whole internet world and the way that. Oh, the online world, getting bullied online, drugs, kids yeah. vaping in the toilet, like this, like all this stuff that they have to deal with yeah. that they haven't had to deal with before. But it's it's been like it's been interestingly it's kind of like the kids getting to that age has kind of made me come full circle because it's made me investigate things mm. to understand them more from a social level, which has made me realise that like my some of my biggest passions are things that have to do with social justice. Yeah. Like and I did half of a social work degree and I canned it because I was like I'm not I just didn't feel like I was going to ever make effective change in a system that was broken yeah so I wanted to find another way to try and have effective change and I've just been so busy building my business that I kind of forgot that that was something I really wanted to do in my life yeah and with the kids getting older and you know being like okay well how do I communicate this social issue to them and how do I communicate that social issue to them and try and actually understand the social issue because as a white cisgendered woman, I don't really mm. understand them at all from a hands-on yeah, personal, approach because yeah. I don't have to live that Not life. In it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I did some coaching with an inclusivity and diversity coach this year, which I would say oh. hands down is the best thing personally and professionally I've ever done. Um, but it's helped me realise that that is something that I am really passionate about. So something I'm going to look into next year, I don't even know whether it will get legs or what will happen with it, but I would love to have a program for teens that teaches them hands-on business skills. Yeah. That maybe they could be placed with a business owner to do some like, you know, remote work or something like that. So win-win, the kids get, make some money, the business owner gets some, you know, cheaper labour, you know, with VAs costing, you know, 55 bucks an hour sometimes if they're onshore, it's a lot of money for business owners. So, um, you know, and I'm like that would really suit some of those kids out there who are great with tech but maybe socially, you know, they're not in the sports groups, they're not in all of those groups because they just don't fit in but, would really oh help some of those kids. This is why we get along so well because we're literally the same person. So I have spent <laughs> the last 12 months, because I started in social work, um, but I've spent the last 12 months saying, oh, I really want to go back to my high school or high schools in the region. I actually did end up getting a gig but got canned because of lockdown to talk to them about the real landscape of, like, career opportunities and yeah. what, like, actual talk about practically like how you because like you said not everyone's you know I grew up in a very small town you're you know what you're exposed to is teachers doctors nurses like accountants that's the breadth and the depth of what people know there or farmer here's here's the acceptable kind of is it blue collar or white collar industries that you go into like this is just what you do they just don't know like it's a steady job (laughs) they just don't know anything else because that's all that's available there 
but now we're in a digital realm and like this is what happened was like I was like oh well all my family are like you know um mum's side are all like in social work blah 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 and like I love human nature like I'm so curious about it but then I got into social work because that's what they sort of all did and you know they're in the medical or the social realm I was like ah this ain't it but I don't know what it is like I just don't have any concept of what it could be and and then I randomly would get all these jobs and I was like I didn't even know this was a bloody thing like wouldn't have even known this existed I was like it's such a shame that there are so many like kids at that school who will feel like they don't know what they want to do they're different from everyone else around them like they don't quite fit into this town but they're not really sure where they fit and I'm like you guys don't even know but like we work I used to work in a co-working space where there was an entire team of game animators like oh yeah you're just like I would never have known that this was a thing I worked with across the way was a company who spend their days like building app controlled lights like just it's like these are kids that were were at school who would have been like um I don't really fit in in any of whatever you're doing I'm like it would be so good if you could go back and be like here's what it really looks like here are many other options outside of what you're thinking and here are the non-traditional paths that will probably be more useful for you than, um, you know, I'm not saying don't go to uni but I'm just saying that's not the be-all and end-all. Like there are so many other ways you can get in and like beyond that what you need to do or how you can find out about stuff. Like yeah, I'm like that would have saved me 10 years anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I look, honestly it's in idea conception stage mm. but it's doing all of that kind of helped me come full circle again in a way. Yeah. And it's like, it's like that is the stuff I want to be doing. Mm. That's the things I want to be doing. How do you even get something like that off the ground? I've got no idea. But um, the whole point is you've just got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. So it might take I would just years start yes. to get something like that really happening. But it's um, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Like even if you just went to Ella's school, like they're – you know, they'll have all the different roles and things in there and yes. spoke to them. Like, for example, obviously I know the people in my hometown, but, like, I would just go and touch base with the careers advisor and be like, hey, I just want to do this, do it as a volunteer thing, and then they will know what you would do to get it off the ground. Like, yes. the what, the gig that I actually got was through um, she works for the council and they were doing, like, a, I guess it was just like a council-funded thing for school kids to get them re-engaged after all the lockdowns and stuff, like because they found that this one particular school had just become really disengaged. Like all the kids were just like, yeah. you know, they're like, apathy. Like we don't really give a crap anymore. Like we're hardly here. It's just on and off. Like we're not really interested. So they developed this program for them. So like and she was just like, oh, we can pay this much to come and do this sort of thing. Yeah. So I don't know. There's, I think it's like they want stuff like that, but they don't really necessarily know where to look either. And they've got yeah. all sorts of funding options that they can tap into to get them done. Mm. So, yeah, so that was, um, it was kind of cool to sit back and go, I've come full circle mm. to what was always really important to me. Yeah. But it's like that seven year cycle. Yeah. You know? <laughs> It's like that's that kind of, and the global financial crisis. Yeah, going seven years. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. But anyway. Yeah. It's so, so true. Yeah. I guess. I mean, we could sit here and talk for hours, but we probably should wrap yeah. the episode up. Yeah. Um. What should we finish on? What about for next year? Like, even though I'm like I've 
avoiding doing the word of the year, maybe. Uh, can, yeah, I'm not doing the word of the year. <laughs> we can just do our, one thing, whether it's personal or business or something that we really do want to see, like bring into the world next year, see realised. Do you want to go first? Um, <laughs> um, I think for me it's just um, with the business really, like I just want to, I, I want to develop it into a small boutique agency. So it's the social media agency with the clients yep. that are on the, that would be nice where it's I'm able to even hire part-time like one person that would feel to me like I've reached the next level. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, for me, next year is more about rinsing and repeating. So I told myself I'm not creating anything new next year. I've got Ooh. enough courses. I have enough content. Yeah. Like obviously I'll have new podcast episodes and I'll probably run workshops and stuff, but not creating any new offers. Like mm-hmm. I've got everything I need. It's just rinse and repeat and scale that because it's all good. Plus with the courses I've got, you do have to edit them and update them yes. and stuff. So there's yeah. enough work in doing that too. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of my thing because to scale, you have to rinse and repeat. You have yeah. to keep repeating the same thing that works over and over again to fully yeah. scale something. I love so, that challenge. Yeah. That's so, a challenge. Like it is for me. It's a big yeah. challenge. But in doing that, because I have got the, all the things created, I've got all the courses created, all the lead magnets are created, it's all there. It's just rinsing and repeating the execution. Yeah. Yeah. It will free up time for me to devote to these other projects mm. that essentially will, it's those things that are light me up. Yeah. Not launching my course three times. Like yeah. really that process doesn't, I love it and I love the people I get to meet and the people I get to work with. Yeah. But that is part of my job of having yeah. a business. Like yeah. it's those other projects, like the thing with the, you know, that sort of thing with the kids and stuff like that. And that is something that lights me up. That's what gets me out of bed in the morning is making yeah. change, making a change in people's yeah. lives. Yeah. It's so funny you say that because I was listening to a podcast um is it Mark, Mark Buris or whatever his name is, and he does the mentor podcast, and he was saying if your business isn't a little bit boring, it's probably not a very good business because he's like a good business, has a good system, and it just keeps doing the, yeah. that thing over and over and over and over again. And he's like there's such a temptation, which is why I was saying this will be a challenge. Oh, it'll be a huge hard challenge. Thing. The yeah. challenge is not taking the temptation yeah. to start something new and like because I think as business, you know, little entrepreneurs, we we are um, tempted by new ideas all the time. And I think that's definitely something that I have finally, you know, also the same thing where I'm like I have such a, I get such an adrenaline rush from starting something new but it's so exhausting and it takes up all your time and it's not very profitable to keep doing that. You, If you can get into that rhythm like and just make that, good lifestyle money with your core business and then do those other things on the side. That's the, you're right, like the golden ticket. Yeah, 100%. Love it. Well, thanks Love. for joining me. <laughs> Did we recap 2021, Derek? <laughs> In our own way. <laughs> oh, God, we didn't even scratch the surface of no. the, the global, I guess. No, but I guess um, for anyone that listens to the over an hour that this <laughs> episode will be um if you want to talk about 
what you learned from the year or what the absolute shit fight that was 2021 was for you, like just hit us up on the gram. So yeah. I'm at, at Miss Stacey, Ms. Stacey Marie underscore and that you're at, at Collab X Social, mm-hmm. Collab and Social. Yeah. Our DMs are always open for chats. Always. Love a good DM chat. I love hearing people's revelations as well because they're always different like similar but different because of those different perspectives. So it's really interesting, I think, to hear yeah. what someone else's experience is. Yeah. So please, if you want to expand on this and share your experiences, hit us up in the DMs. We're always up for a chat. Boop, boop. All right. Well, awesome. sayonara 2021. <laughs> See you, bitch. See you, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> well, from the podcast anyway. I'll still be around, but the podcast won't be. So <laughs> Yeah. No. See you later. Whoop, whoop. Good job. Thanks for listening to the Social Hub Podcast. You can find the show notes for today's episode over at all the W's, thesocialhubau.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to join me in my community and continue the conversation, jump over to Facebook and join the Social Media 101 Facebook group. Until then, stay classy. Stay classy.